Welcome, marvelous makers and art appreciators to the Art Space Podcast. Brought to you by Lemon Street Gallery and Art Space, located at 4601 Sheridan Road. Stop on by and say hi to uh, <laughs> your friendly, smiling faces at your neighborhood citrus themed art gallery. Yep, come say hi to me because um, I'll probably be here. Come but... look at our art and maybe buy a piece. Yes, support but local artists. Either way, we'd love to see you. Yes. I'm Shelby Nesmith. I'm Jake Hoy. And uh, we will be your lovely hosts. We we introduced ourselves. We did it. We did it. That's a, that might be a first. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I think it is. We're glad to be with you. But we don't matter right now. I am unimportant. Right, right now, the important person we are going to be talking to today is Martin and Thronian. Hello. Hi. Welcome aboard, Martin. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. He is a wizard. Uh, a, a, a woodworking wizard. Wow. Um, WWW. Yes, he's a woodworking <laughs> wizard, um, in my opinion. Um, he uh, carves, it, he makes wood things look like fabric, and it blows my mind. Uh, things that normally are not wood. Yeah, and it, it's very breathtaking, I will say, the amount of detail you get into. I was blown away when I saw your stuff. I hadn't seen it before. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And we even showed it to our, our past guest at the end of the uh, last episode. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I got to know Martin and um, at UW Parkside. Um, we kind of bumped into each other um, as I was getting my degree in studio art. Um, he was using the space to work on his projects. And um, we got to know each other. So I was like, we got to get him on this podcast. He does awesome, awesome stuff. Um, so let's get into your art. Um, okay, let's yeah. let's get started here. Yeah, so, let's get into yeah. it. Martin, what would you say got you into art? I always enjoyed art growing up, um, but I was never particularly good at it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I never really considered it as a real path for me to go down. It was always just something. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Um, it wasn't until I got to college that I took an intro to 3D design course. Uh, I still wasn't particularly good at it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, just the working with my hands um, to create something 3D instead of something 2D, just something clicked. I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I need to keep doing. And, and you just knew. And yeah, I I had a similar, in an earlier episode of our podcast, I saw Shelby give me a look. Mm -hmm. I talked about how the first time I wove something in an art class in, in junior high school, we, we did, did weaving, and it just blew my mind because I made a 1D into a 2D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and listeners of the podcast will remember me being an idiot and talking about that. But uh, So yeah, it's so funny that you say that because I had a similar thing, but then I didn't become an artist. So, And I also had a similar thing where I was like, oh, yeah. Intro to 3D design. I don't know if that class is just sprinkled with magic or something. I think it must be. Because <laughs> I've just, that's where I discovered my love for art again. And I left the sciences and went back into art. So I don't know if there's something magical going on. And that's where I met Alex. Like, there has to be something magical in that room <laughs> for sure. Um, so uh, do you feel like, because um, you mentioned something about 2D clicked for you, 
Um, do you think that there was a certain pressure that to be an artist, you kind of had to be good in two dimensional spaces? Not really. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, well, depending which professor you talk to, but <laughs> uh, I never considered that. No, um, the issue was more that um, all through elementary, middle school, high school, all the art classes that were offered were all two dimensional. Mm -hmm. I had never had an experience um, with trying 3D art before. And so I just never considered it. Hmm. So maybe that's something for future generations we can work it on. It is strange. Yeah. Why don't you would seem <laughs> like you'd have something like that in, in high school. I, I think yeah. I did make one um, pottery piece in middle school, mm -hmm. but I don't particularly like working with clay either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's too messy. <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah. You are a very um, clean artist, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> An orderly artist. Sawdust um, is easier to clean up than splatter, right? Yeah. Much. <laughs> much I mean, it, eh, maybe not much. It does get everywhere. Yeah. It home with you in your pockets, I yeah. imagine. But um, seeing your workspace and how um, <laughs> you've laid out your areas, I don't think um, clay is... No. It was no. your your root. What is your earliest art memory? Earliest art memory is of uh, painting in um, the church that I went to growing up. Um, I don't know why. It just it just is. Stuck in your head, or was it like? I think um, the execution of it. It was just very well done. Um, Nice. What was the painting of? Some saint. Some saint. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Probably the saint that the church was named after. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think part of that too, actually, now that I'm really thinking about it, um, the, the church I went to, um, the sermon was all in Armenian. Mm. And I never learned Armenian. Oh. Uh, so I really wasn't getting anything out of it. <laughs> so I'm just kind of looking around and like, oh, oh, that's a nice painting. And so I was probably just staring at it for an hour at a time every Sunday. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's where stained glass windows came from, right? Because, you know, people wouldn't know what that was going on in the church. So they needed a visual. So, right. Mm. You're not, you're not alone, but yeah, it's funny where we get our inspirations from because I th I had a similar thing. The church that I went to had stained glass windows, and I would just stare at them, and it was amazing. And then I get to interview people like Melanie Hovey a couple of weeks ago, who's an amazing stained glass artist, and be my have my mind be blown. Yes. Um. So do you, do you have like somebody early on that was like a big influence on you artistic wise? Somebody you, even if it wasn't somebody you knew, maybe just like famous artist that that you really drew a lot of inspiration from not really um i would say that later on after um after graduating parkside i started um having some influence from wendell castle um the process of stack lamination um to create this larger form that could then be carved into mm -hmm. um Kind of just the uh, modern furniture movement in general. Okay, I would say was the bigger inspiration. Now I love this because we're getting into my favorite part of the podcast, which is called Jake is an idiot, and where I don't know things, and 
I don't have any shame, so I'm going to ask, what's stack lamination? I'm, I can imagine, I can guess, but I want, I want to hear what it really is. So stack lamination is where you were taking, most people think laminate like countertops. That yeah. has nothing to do with it. Okay. Um, stack lamination is the process of taking um, real wood. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, I use two-inch thick and glue um, boards up together. So I would take maybe eight layers of two inch thick wood and glue them all up oh, wow. before carving into it. Okay. Very cool. So um, like these pieces here were made using that? Yes. And you can't even see like the lines or that. At least I can't. <laughs> wow. That's great. <laughs> A lot of that, blending and sanding and... That's something that I actually take a lot of time on is uh, laying out my boards in a very particular order um, to hide the seam lines the best I can. Well, great job. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Um, what kind of um, pushed you in um, the subject matter of making things that flow and um, kind of had movement to it? To it? Uh, it was a dream, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I woke up at 3 a.m. one morning with a vision of a spinning dress carved out of wood. Um, and I was just like, oh, okay, I need to make that. <laughs> uh, I, I had never done any um, wood carving before that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to jump into this monstrous project. So you just went head first, <laughs> boom. Yeah. Okay. Um, How do you do that? What do you do? You go out to the store and be like, oh, I need some wood. N no. <laughs> um, the first step was to make a model. Okay. Because um, while I could picture it in my head, again, not a great 2D artist. Um, and so I couldn't draw it. Um, so what I started off with was a 8x8 block of green floral foam. Mm, yeah. And I carved that. Um, into a likeness, mm -hmm. uh, a small model of uh, what eventually would become the first cherry waltz table. Okay. Seems like that would be easier to carve than wood, probably. And a lot cheaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine wood is probably very expensive. Going in not knowing what you're doing, spending thousands of dollars on wood. Yeah. So, yeah. The green foam is a good place That's to good, start. Good, yeah. good launch point there. Yes, definitely. And what kind of tools do you use for when you when you did graduate to wood? Uh, like, what what kind of tools? Uh, I use mostly pneumatic, uh, so running on compressed air. Um, I do the uh, beginning shaping with a mini chainsaw mm. um, blade on an angle grinder. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I do the detail work with die grinders, um, which are essentially Dremels on steroids. Okay. I can picture that. Big bits. <laughs> Big bits. Big bits. <laughs> um, and then the final work is all just hand sanding. Okay. A lot of sanding, I can imagine. Lots and lots of sanding. Yeah. Different grits and all yep. that stuff. Because when I left college and graduated, you were still working on the ballerina, <laughs> last I remember. Um, I think you got like one or uh, you got like one layer of the tutu part done, I think, last I saw it in person. So 
Yeah, that yeah. um that piece took quite a bit longer than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. Um which tends to be a thing. It shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you always envision that as a table? Like is is it a is it yeah. supposed to be a table? It is a table. Okay. And it just has a very small surface area that's usable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to take a quick break, um, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, and we are back from our little break with Martin. Um, and so uh, we got to talking, and um, he does some other stuff besides just working with wood. Um, he's working on a sculpture for um, the... Uh, Oh my god, I can't find it on this piece of paper. Um why? Um to commemorate yes. Buddy Holly's not his last performance, but his stop here in Kenosha uh, shortly before he passed away. Yes. Yeah. How did you get involved with that? Uh Guido Brown reached out to me. Um she's a big Buddy Holly fan. Um has been to a bunch of the commemorative sculptures that are around the U.S. Mm -hmm. and thought that it was a travesty that we didn't have one here. Um, Most people would, probably don't even know that he, they, they stopped here. At the I had no idea. I didn't either. At the uh, Marina Shores? Is that the name of the building? Mm -hmm. I believe it was called the Eagles Club at Eagles the time. Eagles Club, yeah. But yeah. yeah, now it's called Marina. Madragrano Marina Shores, I believe. So down on 3rd Avenue and 58th. Sure. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> I know my streets. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. So Guida reached out. Yeah, she she was familiar with my work, knew that I had done um, some metal work in the past, and wanted to know if I would be interested in making a commemorative sculpture. And I absolutely was, so. <laughs> so what's the process been like for that? That's It's been a very different piece than I've done before. Um Actually, I wouldn't have been able to do it uh, had I not recently taken some uh, digital fabrication classes at Parkside. Because um, the all of the pieces uh, were designed in a program fusion. Okay. Um, and then sent to a CNC plasma cutter mm. to cut out all the shapes. Okay. Um, Heavy duty. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's got a lot of uh, fine detail shapes in there that just wouldn't be reasonable to try to do by hand with a plasma cutter. Right. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever used one. It's not a finesse tool. Okay. <laughs> it's like um, kind of like the shotgun kind of tool of like have fun controlling it. It's... Yeah, it's it's like cutting paper with a shotgun. Yeah. That's... <laughs> it's so hard to control. That's a visual there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Is it a computer that's it's not a it's not computer controlled? Not the hand one. Okay. The the CNC one is. Okay. Uh, that is that gives you really nice precision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the handheld, it's just it's all over the place. Good luck getting a straight line. But I mean, granted, you have like grinding and everything you can do afterwards. But yeah, there's there's always the finish work. But yeah. this uh, takes a lot of that out. Yes. Uh, which is very nice. We'll have pictures of this up on our social media, so everybody check that out uh, on Facebook. Um, but yeah, this is, this is how many different pieces are there? Like, mm. one, two, three. 
about 10 different pieces. Wow. That's way more than I thought. Same. Very cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's got the, the glasses, the iconic Buddy Holly uh, frame glasses. Um, up at the top, the, uh, the what do you call that? The head of the guitar? I'm not a musician either. Sure. <laughs> the sure. top of the guitar, <laughs> where like the pegs would yeah. be, is kind of shaped like an old-time telephone, which I... I believe is a reference to uh, the Big Bopper's song Chantilly Lace. Yes, it is. Old time music lovers will uh, understand that. I, I definitely had to do some research on uh, on the artists <laughs> before designing this piece because I really didn't know anything about them. Um, but I tried to incorporate little call outs to. Is, is there another one for Richie Valens or anything like that? Uh, no, there's, there's okay. not. Uh, and then the snowflake would be a reference to the winter dance. Is that what it was yep, called? The uh, the winter dance party, yeah. which was the tour that they were on. It was on. like the theme of the of the tour. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, and then a couple weeks after afterwards in, oh, I should know the name of the town in Iowa where they had their last show. Clear Lake, I want to say. Oh. Some, mm. Somebody check that. Uh, <laughs> but they had their last show, and then they took an airplane f- flight to their next. Their, their next gig was supposed to be like Fargo or something like that, and, and went down in the flight and passed away, sadly. And the, they call that the day the music died. Yep. So, But this is a good tribute, and, and it's, it's going to go up in, in Kenosha in the near future? Yes. It, uh, it'll be installed downtown uh, in front of the marina uh, sometime this summer. Awesome. So everybody look for that. Keep their eyes peeled for... We, we love public art, so yes. it, it'll be great to add to our growing collection of public art in this city. So I'm excited for that. So when you are not being commissioned to do stuff, um, what motivates you to make? The challenge. <laughs> uh, I keep trying to push what I've been doing and make something more and more complicated. Um, I love the expression on people's faces when they see something that I've made and they're just, how, how? (laughs) (laughs) That was my reaction when I saw the ballerina table. (laughs) How is that wood? I don't understand. (laughs) And you have another piece here that's like a dress and, and I'm sitting here going like, are you supposed to wear that? Like, cause there's like a mannequin in there. (laughs) <laughs> There's not. No? Is that that's, part of it? That's part of it. Oh. That's wood too. Oh, well, okay, yeah. Very cool. There's You get to see my reaction to it live in person. People at home will have to guess. <laughs> and I remember you talking about it, and you're just like, I want people to think they can wear it. Like, that yeah. was the goal of um, Yeah, that, that was... That, that was why I painted the, the top yeah. portion. Um black so that it really would look like it's just this thin dress draped over a, a dress form yeah you want to try it on <laughs> <laughs> but that would be very heavy wouldn't it <laughs> yes yes it uh it certainly would because <laughs> that one is made out of maple cherry oh, cherry cherry gotcha oh yeah that was what i was gonna ask what kind of woods do you use all kinds or is there do you have a favorite I do have a cherry is my favorite. Okay. Um, but I do use all kinds. He um, likes exotics. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is there a kind you won't use? Like pine, forget about oh, it. Oh, yeah. No. P- pine is garbage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Except for that one piece that I found, there was like this um, I had a project 
uh, it was a lamination project and it somehow the pine was like purple or it was like weirdly going on and you're like if you don't use that i might do something with that <laughs> and um sitting in my attic still so purple pine yeah it was like a i don't know if there was like how it Some happened weird fungus or something i don't know it was like purple and then like spots were like um it wasn't green but it was just like almost like blue it was it was very very weird and you're just like i don't know how you got it to look like that or where you picked it up from but that piece is really cool so I, i've got that mental memory of the one piece of pine <laughs> that you said you might work with it's probably from know. chernobyl or something yeah. i don't know it was it was weird um now the uh the, the real problem with pine is just that it's too soft. Okay. It's not uh, it's not a furniture grade wood. So like it would break easier? It would dent very easily. Oh, okay. You could put uh, your thumbnail in it. Okay. Even yeah. sometimes. See, I didn't know that. I, I picked pine just out of nowhere. I was going to say balsa, but then I thought like, oh man, that nobody would work with that. That's what you make like those crappy paper, not paper, airplanes out of and stuff. Well, balsa wood does have its purpose though. Uh, it's great for making your model okay of uh, a larger piece okay gotta work up to the big boy yeah right <laughs> i'm trying to think of other kinds of wood like teak that's that's like kind of an exotic wood right yeah teak is a good furniture wood um you really like purple heart i do love purple heart i haven't heard of that that is it is name. literally purple wood not like this pine not the chernobyl pine no 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 not my anomaly not an accident it's okay. just always purple. like the inside yeah and mm -hmm. okay wow where does that grow i always forget if it's africa or south america okay but somewhere warm yeah not okay. here <laughs> People that know me know that I'm kind of a tree nut. I not literally a tree nut, <laughs> but uh, I, I love Acorn trees. Acorn Jake, is that you? <laughs> Acorn Jake is what they call me uh, in certain circles. No, um, but I, I like trees. I just I'm crazy about trees, and uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm kind of like a tree, big and quiet. <laughs> and it is in the Amazon basin. No, South America. Then. Okay. okay. Southeastern Brazil to Costa Rica. Oh, so up into Central America, too. I'm also a geography nerd, so. <laughs> People a nerd that. of many. <laughs> yes, very much so. But enough about me. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, one of the inspirations that you had when you started getting into wood. Would, would you say that's one of your favorite artists, too? Like, if, if you're talking just, like, in general, favorite artists? Ooh. In general, favorite artist, um, it's probably a little cliche, but Leonardo da Vinci. Hey, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Have you the seen... Renaissance. Right. <laughs> Have you seen the material here? Right. Um, I, I just remember when I was in New York, um, I was at the Met and long gallery. And at the very end, there was a painting that I was not familiar with, but I could tell it was an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, and when I finally got over there, it was like, oh, of course, it's a Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think most people only know, like, the Mona Lisa or Vitruvian Man, maybe. But, I mean, he's got a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I've, even, like, his sketches of, like, human cadavers. Oh, my oh. goodness. Those are amazing. 
Um, the screw helicopter. Oh my, yes. <laughs> so many crazy inventions. And I think that's why you kind of like him as well, because he plays in the realm of 3D too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And uh, I got to go to the Leonardo da Vinci Museum when we were in uh, Italy for a UW Ooh. Parkside uh, study abroad thing. And yeah, seeing those sketches, oh, it is just breathtaking. They are. Uh, his drawing of a woman, it, it's just her head slightly tilted to the side. Um, that's one of the few pieces that I've considered getting as a tattoo. Mm -hmm. uh, People underestimate like anatomical, like um, just sketches and drawing as like a medium. It's like, it's so amazing what you can learn just from doing like different angles, working on your face and um, everything like that. So. We talked a bit about that last week with Jill. Yeah. She's talking about how faces and hands are just so hard to master. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even imagine. You know. She committed a lot of time to learning them and practicing them so she doesn't have little stump hands or stuff like that. Um, giving people hooks and eye patches. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do see that from a lot of artists. Yes. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to kind of flub this. Yes. Um, like we said in the episode, pirates need representation too. <laughs> we do hooks <laughs> to, to get around having to draw hands. Um, so part two of that question, we like to shout out our, our some of our favorite local artists in the community as well. Do you have any uh, local artists in, uh, not necessarily just Kenosha, but, you know, Racine or, or Milwaukee or Chicago, this general area that you admire or you, you're friends with or you like their work? I would say uh, I've got a couple of them. Um, Allison Krasinski. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a painter. Um Samantha Margaret, also a painter, mm -hmm. um, and Crystal Kress. Uh, she does drawing, painting, um, and was tattooing for a while. Okay. Mm, nice. We, we, we talked about tattoo art on the yeah, last week's episode, yeah. too. <laughs> we, we find that a lot of people sometimes when they develop their style in 2D, um, they kind of get asked to... Um, or ask or find their way into tattooing so mm -hmm. um it's sometimes people's avenue to it so it's interesting how people get into tattooing um very cool very cool yeah so um you've got a lot i know you have a lot of projects and you've had a lot of commissions but um if time and money were no object what would you what would your dream project be well actually this is going to be a project that i'm going to be starting um, great that's what we love to hear ish. okay, okay. Ish. <laughs> starting maybe not finishing no I'm um, yeah i mean if time and money were no object i'd be doing it life size mm -hmm. uh as is it's probably going to be tabletop figures so like 12 inches tall okay um so I've been getting more into the digital fabrication side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and 3D scanners have come way down in price. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm looking at picking up a scanner um, that I'd be able to scan some models, do some alterations uh, in the software, 3D print them, take the 3D prints into a... 
uh, plaster sand mold, burn it out in the kiln, and make them as cast bronze pieces. Oh my. Um, And the current idea is that I'm going to be doing this with four models um, to be the four dancers of the the apocalypse. Okay. I was going to ask what the models are and why couldn't you just pour some stuff on them but these are people yes, yes. <laughs> okay <laughs> don't want to be have, have molten bronze poured onto them <laughs> that's quite a project that i could see why you'd want to do that life size that's yeah. very you if you <laughs> so then are you able when you scan you do 3d scan are you able to like shrink that down yes okay yeah you can scale it to any size that's very cool and that reminds me of um, a project. Um, I'm blanking on the artist's name. His first name is John. Um, he scanned a model and then made her body out of cardboard, but like it was like um, laminated, so hmm. you could see gaps in the lamination. So there, he played with negative space when um, he scanned her, and um, turned out really cool. It was a, a I think it was in the uptown. Um, business window and Racine. um i'm hmm. i'm mad i can't remember his last name but shout out to him and the cool um process that he did with that so i always love to hear new inventive things yeah. that you wouldn't think of yeah, yeah i i didn't know it was a thing and then um uh being an assistant to draw joseph um he approached joseph and was like i need a female model and uh, we asked Whitney to do it. She's a very experienced model. And um, he just took scans of her body. And yeah, then just, uh, I don't know if it was like a CNC machine. He just roughly cut out cardboard. and. Yeah, I imagine it would be a CNC laser that mm-hmm. he used to. Make uh, the sections. Yeah. Yeah, really, really cool. Again, I wish I remembered his last name, but his first name's John. And he's cool. <laughs> Um, so if you need models, you know where to go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so when showcasing your work, sometimes you get, um, some funny questions or comments about your work. Um, and what was kind of a comment that stuck in your brain about your work? So this is one that I've actually heard multiple times and I always think it's hilarious. People are always a little, uh, nervous about saying this because they're like, oh, I don't want to offend him. (laughs) Um, But uh, people have said that uh, my waltz tables remind them of the dancing napkins from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it. (laughs) I can see it. Yeah. Oh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, um, I wouldn't consider that an insult. Um, <laughs> <people are> just, <laughs> Do you consider that an insult? No, I don't. Because <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> um, I, I can totally see it. Oh, like, yeah. That, that wasn't what I was going for, or anything I was thinking of while making the pieces. But once mm-hmm. someone said it, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people pull in references from back of the brain kind of information. Um, but that's how art kind of works. You pull observations and um, references from one thing and try and make connections. So yeah, I'm I'm glad people are making connections with your work and um, applying it to their perspective and 
trying mm-hmm. to relate it to things because um, some people can just take it at face value of, oh, cool, he made this dress. Yeah. Cool. So it's nice to know that um, your work is going further than just like an object that's there. So it's one of the things that I've been interested in while we've been doing this project, this podcast, is the way artists interact with the people viewing their art and how some like to hear from the people's perspective. Some of them just want them to see the thing they did. And there's no right answer to that, right? I mean, it's just what you prefer. So, yeah. It, would you say you like to hear what people interpret your art, generally oh, yeah. speaking? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times if, uh, if I'm at an art show, um, I'll purposely pretend to be studying uh, something near my piece mm-hmm. and have my back to my piece just so I can listen to people talk about it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I think I'd be like that, too. Sneaky. <laughs> Because I don't, I don't think I'd like to stand next to it and be like, "This is my art," you know. And well, if if they, uh, depending what they're saying, then I turn around yeah, and yeah. introduce myself. <laughs> it gives you that out in, in yeah. case it's. <laughs> yes, um, I'm oh, considering what? buying. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I just remembered one of my other uh, favorite comments that I've heard about um, the Victorian dresser. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a show and there were these two kids from across the gallery who like came running up and they were so excited to look at the dress made of chocolate. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh now I can't unsee it. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I I can see where they're coming from. It looks delicious. <laughs> They were they were pretty uh, disappointed when oh. they found out it was wood. Oh, it's made out of wood. Not oh, like man. It's... If you did chocolate sculpting, you'd have to be like, how hot is it going to be there? Yeah. <laughs> how hungry are people going to be? <laughs> um, so. Um... You want to move on to our final? Well, not really final question, mm-hmm. but the last one that we have written down. Sure, we can ask it. So we like to ask people what their thoughts are on the local art community here, like what, things that we could do to improve it and strengths, weaknesses. And that's it's not just Kenosha. It can be Racine. It can be the whole area, or it could just be Kenosha. I don't know. Up to you. So what do you think? I think I'm too out of touch. Yeah. Um. I think I'm probably not involved enough to mm-hmm. really have much of an opinion. Um, I tend to um, have the same problem that I think a lot of artists have in that I'm in my studio with my head in the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just making, making, making mm-hmm. and not uh, paying enough attention to the other side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've heard that from other people that we've talked to too, that because it's you know the process, you know, yeah, you, you that's how you do it, and there's no right answer, you know. So <laughs> it's hard to socialize while you're doing woodworking and yeah. grinding and making. Yeah, those there's there's n- there's nothing quiet about what I do. Like mm-hmm. People say all the time, "It's like, oh yeah, we we got to have an art night," and it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you can come over and draw, but I can't work on any of my stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we talked about, um, there's just some people that work better alone, um, just kind of locked away in the studio, but, um, taking the time to, 
take breaks um, and come to uh, events like every once in a while, touch base. Um, but remembering to do that of like, oh, there, there's other people out there <laughs> that yeah. I gotta talk to, and um, and people want to hear from you too, because yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if people look at this and go, well, I want to talk to that guy. Probably, I, I know I did, <laughs> <laughs> so I am, <laughs> and and that's one reason that I'm really glad that um, I continued to audit classes at Parkside for mm -hmm. a long time, um, just to have that community of artists to always have someone to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Um, because I'll come up with a crazy idea all on my own. Mm -hmm. But once it's bounced back and forth a couple of times, I can make it really insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen it in person happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're really lucky to have the kind of, you know, the higher education establishments mm -hmm. here at our disposal. I mean, Parkside, we've talked about. And I mean, Carthage has a great performing arts program, too. And, you know, we're lucky to have that here in, in, in our little community. So. So your perspective of the art community is slightly different, I would say. You're more still in the academic area because your studio has been in an academic setting. Yeah. So um, that's good to know because um, you're still talking with young artists, people that are just starting to get involved, um, get involved with the art community and just starting out producing. Um, so it's a you do get a unique perspective, I would say. Through yeah working through um, UW Parkside. So that is really awesome. Um, yeah, I think there, I think in a lot of ways there's a disconnect between some of the older artists in our community and mm -hmm. the younger. And I'm not saying that to be like saying somebody is at fault here or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think that we could always build bridges mm -hmm. and, and come together more and, and just, I think, conversation, you know? Like a podcast. <laughs> Not to toot our own horn here. But, what? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I did, you know, I'd love to see see more. I as as an old person myself. Old. I, I I got made fun of on a on a recent local episode of uh, the K Town Connects podcast by one Jason Hedman, past guest here, for Ooh. calling myself old. Yeah. You're not old. I'm I'm 31. You're not 31? old. I, okay, you're right, Oof, Jason. I'm ancient. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I I mean, I, I look at myself. I I I I've been around younger artists. I mean, look like Shelby here. And I'm only 20, 26. I, any anyways. I'm not that far off. <laughs> you I, act like I'm a little fetus compared to you. No, no, I'm I kid. I kid. But uh, yeah. So anyways, that's my little soapbox rant here. Oh. Well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is important, I think, to get more um, uh, with the age gap, maybe get more collaboration between a younger artist and old, and a older artist because um, perspectives are going to be so different in all of that. And um, so that might be something cool yeah. to work on. I think it can on. only help both. Yeah. 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 So. Because you've got the person that's been working at it for years and years and they put themselves, sometimes people put themselves in boxes when they are um, been producing so long. So getting a fresh perspective from a younger artist can help break those boxes and really create something cool. I think it's got potential to be, potential to be something awesome. I agree. So. Yeah. Yet yeah, too often artists get stuck just making the same thing over and over again. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, that's been a, a subject of a couple other yeah. pot of episodes as well. Of, and it's um, true. Yeah. And yeah, and I think talking to other artists can can help you get out of that rut. And it's yeah. like writer's block, I, I would imagine, right? You know? Art block, yeah. Art block. It's, it's awful. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> it's like uh, a large portion of my work has the theme of wood made to look like fabric. Mm -hmm. um, but with every piece, I'm really trying to push it for further than i did in the last one so that it's not just oh it's another yeah and you got your metal work and your your bronze uh casting and yeah, yeah so i love it which that sounds very exciting i can't wait to see how that goes i'm, I'm um, really excited for those too yeah and like i said models you can come to me for those um <laughs> if you need them um do you so got any things coming up in the near future any shows or uh stuff uh, like that actually the ballerina table i just dropped off this past weekend uh at a gallery in wausau oh, okay um pope wood paper print is the name of the show oh, okay, okay cool uh so i'm i'm really curious to see what art other artists uh submitted for that because that's a very unique yeah. uh category for a show yeah Definitely. that's interesting yeah. i guess northern wisconsin's known for like paper making and the paper mm -hmm. industry so that makes sense that, that i would come from that but we've got cool. trees so wood <laughs> 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 um and then a question about uh working at the kenosha um public museum um how has your artistic skills um translated in working there i I know you've done some projects there. <laughs> uh, very well, actually. Um, so I'm a exhibit builder preparator. Um, so I hang temporary exhibits, um, but I also build pieces uh, for the permanent exhibits. Um, so about three years ago, they uh, redid half of the upstairs of the Kenosha Public Museum. Um, and made the curi from curiosity to science exhibit. Oh yeah. Um, and the entryway of that is a hallway with four cabinets of curiosity, um, starting, um, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, and then modern day. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of the cabinetry shelving that are in those, um, were made by me. Um, oh, wow. Sounds like quite a task. <laughs> it, it was quite a few pieces, yes. <laughs> um, some of them are very simple, but there is one piece that I'm particularly proud of in the uh, 1700s. It is a um, replica of a French um, curio cabinet. It is extremely ornate mm. with like carved snakes mm. around it. And it's... Again, you and your details. <laughs> oh man, everybody needs to run down to the museum to go see that. Yes, Martin <laughs> That's made still, that. in, still installed up there, right? Yes, yes. that is now uh, part of a permanent exhibit. Awesome. Yeah, go check that out. Kenosha Public Museum. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know the address. <laughs> I don't know either, but plug to them. <laughs> and speaking of plugs, um, is there? Um, Anywhere that people can find you on social media, anything like that, follow your art journey. 
I am on Facebook. Um, I have a um, work page called Sculpture and Functional Art. Um, and I haven't really been posting anywhere else. That's really been where I've been. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll share a link to that in the episode description. For sure. Um, and then anything else you would like to say before we head on out? Uh, just thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Our pleasure, truly. It, yeah. it was great talking to you. You yeah. too. Getting to know a little bit about Martin. Um, and you can get to know us on Facebook at um, the Art Space Podcast, on Instagram at the Art Space Pod. And you can find us on any streaming platform such as uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and our own YouTube channel, which is the Art Space Podcast. And we want to shout out the uh, musical artists that gave us our amazing theme song, which you're about to hear pretty soon here. Uh, Would You Kindly, a great local band here in Kenosha. Check them out around town. Yay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.